This edition of The Standard is brought to you by the AXA Startup Angel Competition. I'm Sharma Dean Reed, founder and CEO of The Stack World, and I'm here to help you turn your business dream into reality. There are six chances to win the competition, including two top prizes of £25,000, mentoring from myself and leading UK founders, plus business insurance for a year, thanks to AXA. Go to standard.co.uk forward slash AXA Startup Angel for details on how to enter and complete your entry by the 2nd of June, 2024. Good luck. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. ES Audio. From the Evening Standard in London, I'm Mark Blunden, and this is The Leader. No, that's not actually multi-platinum selling megastar Rihanna. It's a robot. But hang on, is this Miley Cyrus singing Adele? Well, kind of, but no. Those are tracks generated by artificial intelligence made up by an almost self-thinking robot software program with instructions from a human The Big News was a viral track made and programmed through AI to write a song sounding like a collaboration between Canadian singers Drake and The Weeknd dubbed Heart on My Sleeve, as reported recently by The Standard. AI's also giving deceased artists, including Freddie Mercury, a reprise, or Lil Peep, with this Oasis cover. But would you put these tracks on your Spotify playlist and would partygoers really know or care as long as the tune's a banger? We're joined by Evening Standard music reporter Jonathan Canangoni, who's been investigating this new genre. Jonathan, how easy is it to create an AI track? From the people that I've spoken to, I've spoken to a few university lecturers who specialise in sound engineering, and they tell me that it's not the easiest process to do, but the tools around it are quite easy to access. So I wouldn't say your everyday person would probably be able to do it, but if you have the right tools and you have the right kind of technical abilities, then making these kind of tracks become so easy and very very legit it's actually scarily legit what was the outcome of that fake collab between drake and the weekend the track was made by um a content creator on tiktok who we only know as ghostwriter and he literally wears a white sheet over his head with sunglasses on them so this is somebody that we're probably never going to find out who they are and he posted the video on tiktok initially and that's where it went viral and from there it got taken to social media sites there's an ai expert who had previously made 
other tracks called um, Roberto Nixon. And he posted it on his Twitter. At the time where I looked at it, I think it was sat on 18 million views on Twitter alone. From there, it went on to streaming sites, it went on to SoundCloud, it went on to Spotify, and it did quite big numbers. It was being taken down from SoundCloud. Every time it got taken down, another person posted it again. And the last time that I had looked, um, the track had gained, I think it was 30k streams in just a couple of hours that it was posted on SoundCloud. My hunch is now that Universal probably would have had that taken down, but that shows you exactly how popular these tracks can become. Could it be described as legit in terms of artistry? I'll go with a quote that I saw from Nick Cave, who recently spoke about it because someone made an AI-generated version of one of his tracks. And he's called it a grotesque mockery of what it is to be human. And he says songs arise out of suffering. Obviously, computers can't suffer. They don't have emotions. They don't feel. So in that aspect, it doesn't really feel legitimate. But at the same time, the ability to create something of an artist that maybe wouldn't create or a genre they wouldn't venture into, the ability to hear some of your favourite artists on tracks that you specifically want to hear them on, that is kind of a great thing at the same time. So there's a bit of a a push-pull factor in this. Obviously, we don't want musicians to be put out of work because of the advancements of this AI technology. But at the same time, I mean, listening to Rihanna sing over a Maroon 5 track is something you you probably would not expect. And sometimes it actually sounds quite good. So <laughs> it's very difficult to, to suss out. But I personally, I'm quite enjoying some of the results of this. How are record companies and streaming services responding? As you can imagine, businesses, particularly labels, are not too pleased that their artists' material is being used in this way, their vocals are being used to to create tracks that are not their tracks and are also not making profit for these businesses. So Universal Music Group has probably been one of the labels that's been affected the most. They sign huge artists, you know, Drake had signed under uh, Universal and so is The Weeknd, Rihanna. So they're obviously not best pleased about all of this. And What you will find is many of these AI tracks, particularly the ones that gain traction and get really, really popular, you'll find labels will be issuing takedowns for those and they will be removed from any kind of streaming sites under a DMCA takedown. Universal in particular, they actually responded to some of the the stuff that's coming out. They're saying that streaming sites need to pick a side of history that they want to be on. So very strong words coming from Universal, basically saying, pick a side. Do you want to pick artists, fans, humans, or do you want to just let free reign continue? So clearly they're not happy about it, but the popularity of some of these tracks says different in terms of public appeal. Let's go to the ads coming up. Prodigy's long-time front-of-house engineer on whether AI has any hope of replicating the live music concert experience. Why not hit rate and follow in the meantime? Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass?" 
So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Welcome back. First, let's hear another AI mashup. This one's a Robo Beyonce covering Rihanna. Now we're joined by John Burton, a senior lecturer in entertainment engineering at the University of Derby, who's also been the Prodigy's front of house engineer for nearly two decades. John, what are the historical precedents for this AI boom? Well, it's really interesting when you think about um, the furore that's been caused by artificial intelligence, because um, people um, who are a bit older may remember the sort of furore that um, came about. I think it's about 30 years ago now when we started using samplers a lot and starting to use artificial sounds to pass them, well, either to capture other people's music and put it together. But also before that, if we go back to things like um, electronic keyboards, which were trying to recreate the sounds of the orchestra. So we had the thing where people were sampling the sounds of violins to recreate orchestral sounds. And the main problem there was that they were passing them off as new sounds, but doing musicians out of a job. So you could basically you could do a whole orchestra on your keyboard. And it didn't sound as convincing, but for the convenience sake. And then this sound began to become accepted. And now we, we very rarely hear about this, but it did have a really big impact at the time, from a time when there were lots of professional musicians required for recording sessions. If you wanted violins on your recording, you had to get a violin player. And that has pretty much disappeared now. So that kind of the professional string section going in to do recordings is probably only on a very small minority of recordings now. When you hear strings, cellos, double basses, it's usually been a sample or it's been created in a computer, the sound, and there's not an actual musician playing it. Someone's usually arranged the part, but to a certain extent, uh, that may not even be true because there's lots of really good software that can create the parts for you and do uh, simple arrangements uh, for your track. So we've seen um, this kind of interference really from technology quite a long time ago, back to the, the 80s really. So it's not the first time it's come along where computers have started replacing creatives. What will be the technical challenges of replicating AI music live when, for example, you won't have a live string section? We're tagging on to the fact that everyone knows what a violin sounds like or has got an acceptance idea of what a violin sounds like and what a string part should sound like. And we'd like to hear it along with, with our music. We associate it with a kind of lushness, a, a sound of quality, because we've got a historical precedent and 
big bands of this sort of, you know, music in the 30s, 40s, 50s, string arrangements were very much part of popular music. That's fought, that fell away with rock and roll, but it's come back in certain, you know, in genres. We kind of expect that. Uh, it's a, it was always a sign of quality, really, was if you had a big string section, because they, they were expensive. To record uh, a string section, you need a big studio. And you need to pay uh, the musicians, quite a lot of musicians, quite a lot of money to actually get that piece of music. Nowadays, you can do it at home on your laptop. What are the legalities of playing AI music live? Who'll get the royalties? I think, sadly, the one certainty is that not enough of it will go to the creatives who instigated the creative process that is being mimicked, copied, emulated, whatever word you want to apply to it. And if money doesn't go to the creative people, we still need creative ideas um, because they're only mimicking creative ideas. They're doing versions of uh, a new version of, but you have to have something to have a version of. And we have to have something that keeps music moving forward. And that's still probably going to come from a human brain. It's having worked with things, you know, if you, I've read lots and lots of essays written by chat GPT now, and they're all very proficient, but none of them have that creative spark that excites or interests me in very much the same way that AI-generated music. It's good, but does it excite me? Does it make me feel enthusiastic? No, not really. And partially, is it because I, I know it's not been created by a real person? I don't know, but it's usually, particularly when it comes to live event, it's that spark. But the great thing about a live show is that stuff can go wrong and it can either be good or bad but there's always an excitement. I still get excited. I've mixed thousands and thousands of shows and I still get really excited, even working for the same artists for years and years ago. We have great shows. We have not so great shows, but when it's great, there's something has happened that is exciting. It can be something completely random that's just reacted to. And it's the fact that we've got that reaction between the audience. If you get a great audience, you usually get a great show. Is AI going to respond to an audience the way that an artist can and raise their game? Finally, do you think people will be put off putting robot-made music on their playlists? Well, I think I mean, if we cast our mind back to just a few years ago when we started getting auto-tuning, and it was famously used by Cher, and this is a process that uh, can change the pitch of your vocal. And this is kind of a lot of where um, the AI sort of generation of sound comes from, because we've got building blocks of sound. And from these building blocks of sound, we can build any sound we want, given enough time. So we could take a vocal and we can melodically shift it to different notes. So a lot of sounds now, we kind of got used to the sound of people having their vocal shifted in tune. And it's actually, we kind of got used to the artifacts uh, because when we first started doing it, it's actually quite difficult to do. It takes up quite a lot of processing power and it would have what we call artifacts, strange bits that don't sound quite right. Nowadays, you can do it a lot more proficient, but people got used to that as being part of a sound. And now a lot of uh, artists, you can hear that it's auto-tuned and people accept it. People don't think it's a negative thing. It's just part of the sound. It's part of the sound of modern music. So people accept it. People's level of acceptance, they will accept anything that they like. So I think we'll just find that we'll like this new sound. As long as there's something engaging and creative that appeals to us, we will accept it. I think we'll accept. Most people don't think about how music is created. They just listen to the end product. In the same that we, way, we don't think about how anything really is created. We just consume the final product. And I think people will just accept the final product. And if they like it, they'll buy it. 
And if they don't, they won't. There's more news and features in the Evening Standard newspaper and online at standard.co.uk. That's The Leader. We're back on Friday at 4pm. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.